Hi, this is Tim Golden of the Motown Philly Podcast here asking you an important question. Are you a woman survivor of childhood sexual abuse? If so, your voice is your strength and your healing journey starts now. Broken to Blessed, hosted by Michelle Hall, is the podcast designed specifically to serve you. Tune in to witness the remarkable transformation as survivors share how they reclaim their lives through the power of their voices. This podcast is your safe space to find your voice and thrive. Explore real stories of resilience, growth, and empowerment, and discover how your voice can be the key to unlocking your healing journey. Ready to rewrite your story? Subscribe today to Broken to Blessed with Michelle Hall on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Broken to Blessed, where your voice transforms your story and paves the way to a life of empowerment. And remember, life can get better. You just have to do the work. Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of the Motown Philly podcast, episode 54 overall. I'm Tim Golden here with my co-host. It's your boy, Jason Hall. What's going on? Yeah, we're here in full effect, season two, episode two of the Motown Philly podcast. Checking in with you today on this episode that is going to be about a subject, Jason, I think our listeners will really appreciate. But before we get into it, why don't I pass it off to you so you can let folks know how grateful we are. The gratitude game is real, Jay. Talk about it. (laughs) Yo, I can tell you this. I was getting up in the hustle and bustle of the day as I got up today. And I was just kind of running through... Uh, my early get get ready fast routine and I noticed myself and I noticed myself that I wasn't giving gratitude to in this in this day and in this moment as I was actually in motion to run out the door and and get my daughter to to school and I said I need to take time to give thanks I need to give take time to give gratitude in this moment. So if you guys can join in with me and really think about, let's go through the activity together and think about what things in your life that you are grateful for. Um, I can think in this moment, I'm grateful for, for Tim. I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for each and every listener who takes the time Uh, spends time to listen to our conversations that we have these conversations tim and i we share often after we get off the podcast off wax i say and we talk about how these podcasts these conversations that we have are literally changing lives and literally changing families so i'm getting goosebumps just relaying this particular message to you guys to be grateful in anything we are given life to live and breathe, to connect, to communicate well. Listen, I'm a communication skills coach and I don't do it perfectly. Tim knows that. But each and every day we wake up with another chance to do this, to do our very best at at what we do on a daily basis. And give, starting the day off with being grateful for the breath, for the health, for the food, for the house, uh, being grateful um, for the connections and relationships that we have and opportunity to make them better is something that I wanted to really help us in this episode, fix our minds and hearts too. So grateful for you guys listening, listen to this conversation. It's going to be another dope fast conversation. So we are going to get into it now. Thanks, Jake. All right, Jay. Thank you. Listen, I am thankful for everything Jason just said. Thankful for him. Thankful for the podcast. Thankful for all of your listeners thankful for the ability to be in my right mind enough to do a podcast thankful for waking up this morning thankful for 
the fact that I have a place to live, that I'm not thankful that I'm not terminally ill, thankful that I have so many good things going for me. I, I, I don't know if I deserve any of what I have, but I am nevertheless thankful for it. So with that in mind, folks, let's come into your living room. Just imagine me, Jason, and you and your friends or your family sitting around. We got some wings and some pizza. And mm-hmm. We got some drank on the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we just gonna sit down and we finna have us a nice conversation. So mm-hmm. let's get to it. Yeah. So we in the living room, and Jay, I'm sitting here thinking about how people go through life and never pay attention to themselves. Mm. We we have said repeatedly, Jason, in our off-wax, to use your terminology, in our private conversations, we have said that both of us believe that self-awareness is a cornerstone of good mental health. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make it seem like we're picking on the church or we're picking on Christianity. But let's face it, Jason, you and I come from backgrounds that are Christian backgrounds. I I think I associate myself with that background to a degree a little more than you, or at least with a certain Christian tradition. I associate myself with that tradition a little more than you do, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Because everybody's on their own journey. Mm -hmm. What I want to do is just set the table by talking about something that came up in my philosophy class this week. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I am teaching a course called Existentialism. And Existentialism is a subfield of philosophy that is at once critical of philosophy, but yet very philosophical. And let me explain what I mean. Philosophy literally translated from Greek means the love of wisdom. And it's not any old kind of wisdom. It's a certain kind of wisdom that implies intellectual understanding or comprehension of everything, right? Of all that is. And so philosophy is oriented externally to the world. The first philosophers were proto-scientific. They were trying to give an explanation of the world in naturalistic rather than supernaturalistic terms. So they were, in a sense, the first biologists, the first physicists, the first chemists. They were trying to figure out what kinds of things make up the external world as we know it? Well, in philosophy, the existentialists don't tell us that science doesn't matter, but what they tell us is that we have overemphasized the external approach of philosophy at the expense of understanding ourselves. So we're overlooking ourselves while we're trying to explain the world outside of us the world within us gets neglected and one of those thinkers jason is a christian thinker a christian philosopher named Soren kierkegaard and Soren kierkegaard is living in a time in 19th century denmark when he believes that christians in his day have taken a scientific approach to philosophy, that uh, to Christianity. That is, Christians have made Christianity about externals. They have made Christianity into something that philosophy is into. They tried to make Christianity scientific in a matter of intellectual understanding. And in the process, we completely overlook ourselves. What do I mean? Kierkegaard writes a book called The Sickness Unto Death. And in writing this book, 
he begins by talking about the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. And he says, for most Christians, there is no sickness unto death because they believe in the resurrection. Now, Jason, you know that story, right? Mm -hmm. In the Bible, it talks about in John chapter 11, how Lazarus died and his sisters were angry at Jesus. And they said, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus's response to them is this sickness is not unto death. Kierkegaard uses that as his point of departure, and he says, it may be true that Lazarus's sickness was not unto death because he would be resurrected. And it may also be true that most Christians believe that. Mm -hmm. But he says, in the meanwhile, there is a sickness unto death that will cause you to die before you die. Is a sickness that no one is aware of, and he calls it a sickness of the self. Well, what is this sickness? Mm -hmm. He calls it despair. And he says most of us are living in despair and don't even realize it. Why are we in despair? You know why we're in despair, he says? We're in despair because we have this thing called a self and the self is full of contradictions and difficulties. Not only is it contradictory, right? He says we are free and we are determined. We are infinite and we are finite. We have a body, but we also have a soul, right? We have parts of us that want to do something. Somebody cuts us off in traffic. We want to give them the finger, but we have another part that says no, hold back. And he says, this is what we're ignoring. And when, and the reason why we ignore it is because it is too difficult for us to confront. I'm going to wind this up with a very simple example, Jason. Uh, we talked about this in our conversation. Then I want to open it up to you, and I want you to tell us what you think about it. Right. So we have our, our, our girl Jasmine Sullivan, R&B artist extraordinaire. I believe, right. she, I believe she's from Philly. Uh, I think, yeah, I think she's yeah. from Philly. So I got to, I got to claim old, old Jasmine because <laughs> I know she's, she's, in, she's in good with me already. Right, right. So she has a song called I'm in love with another man. And the video to that song is a powerful video because it's the story of a young woman who is in a relationship with a guy, but she meets this other guy. And in the song, it becomes clear that this young woman faces a choice. She faces a choice between being with a man who loves her or being with a man who she loves Mm -hmm. and being with a man who is good to her. Now, I just want to let that sink into the audience for a minute. You ever face that dilemma? You have a choice between someone who you love and someone who is good to you. When the person who you love and the person who is good to you are two different people, you got a problem. Right? You got a serious problem. And it's a decision that she does not want to make. And she doesn't want to make it because she doesn't want to face being a self. And this is the self that no one wants to be. So. Christians hide behind the resurrection to pretend everything is okay. And and this is what Kierkegaard says, Jason. He says, despair is the sickness unto death precisely because when we confront ourselves, we want to die, but we are unable to die. And this, he says, is the sickness of unto death so that's, that's, that's the table brother talk about it 
I mean, it's good. You, you've unpacked uh, a lot. And I guess there's more to the unpacking. You, I guess you set the table and there's some there's some unpacking to do. Um, when I hear you say. Um, like when you talk about despair, I, w- I want to ask you, what does despair? How does despair relate to depression? Like, is are those two things the same? Is it is are there levels of or a gradient of the same type of feeling, if you will, or similar notion? Like to to be in despair, like you said, is to almost wish death, but not actually achieve it. Like it that does sound like a tone of of what depression can look like on a certain level, right? Yeah, so I think uh, I think the two are different. Okay, I talk to me. With depression, you can always, and I mean, I'm, I don't say this flippantly, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. be sensitive to people who have depression. But if if you're if you're depressed, theoretically, you could end your life, right? Mm-hmm. You could end your life. You could kill yourself. Commit mm-hmm. suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, despair for Kierkegaard is is not depression because everyone is not for Kierkegaard would say if he were alive today mm-hmm. everyone is not depressed but everyone is in despair mm-hmm. there may be a lot of people who don't suffer from depression but everybody is in despair. And the reason why everybody is in despair is because everybody has a self. Everybody is a self. And to be a self is to find yourself in situations in which you will have to make a make choices and decisions that are not easy. And that is something that we would rather not face. So mm-hmm. what do we do? One of the things that we do is we retreat into Christian theology and we hide behind the idea of the resurrection, pretending that the only thing that matters is that there is life after my physical death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even physical death is you're better off physically dying, right? Because you will be resurrected. This is what he says for the Christian, Mm -hmm. the Christian will be resurrected, but the one in despair cannot be resurrected because they can't die. There is no death. You can't, you can't. Teddy Pendergrass had a song called you can't hide from yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you go, there you are and and that i think is what kierkegaard is talking about for him this and despair is not a despair about something external it's not like oh i'm in despair because this bad thing happened to me Mm -hmm. no we're in despair because everyone is this is this self which is a synthesis of all of these contradictions body and soul temporal eternal finite, infinite, free and determined. And those contradictions come together when we have to face difficult circumstances and decisions, and we'd rather not do it. So, because I want to get crystal clear on despair for myself and those who are listening so we can continue to advance the conversation. I'm understanding a little bit more of what uh, Kierkegaard is saying in your explanation. Um, I'm also... Let me. So this is what I hear you saying. I hear you saying that despair is essentially it's almost a conversion, converging of all the all of the things that we are as a person. Right. Forget the external things, but just understanding and having a level of realization, a level of awareness. And then and then after 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 realizing uh, you have your your you 
and you have decisions and there's things that might come about you retreat you retreat if you will from from making those decisions or maybe acknowledging some things in, in your life and going about that particular pathway you retreat back from that and you you could use maybe uh for just for our example the idea of you know christian beliefs to not deal with some of the things that you ought to deal with therefore you're in despair am i did i articulate that well you did you did you did articulate it well and he listen he chooses christianity the but christianity is really a a prototype of anything that we hide behind in order to avoid ourselves you don't have to be a christian to be in despair right right right, right. you could hide behind any sort of institution or any sort of beliefs this is sometimes ideology why, your own ideology right it, it, it just christianity just happens to be one of them mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. this other one this is why people become workaholics right mm-hmm. this is they become workaholics because their the christianity for them is their careers mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. they dive in they get they get stuck in it they hide behind it and they they try to avoid it's like anything to avoid the self anything that we do to avoid the self is evidence that we are in despair i believe it was henry david thoreau who said this he said the masses of human beings live lives of quiet desperation and that's the kind of thing that kierkegaard is talking about is so it's it's not quite it's not the same as depression it is it is just a, a radical unwillingness and a radical retreat from oneself because one does not want to be a self that's so heavy chick <laughs> um when i uh, it's a hiding away Let, to, for me in simple terms it's a hiding away from yourself like there's inner work that jason needs let me let me just make it plain for y'all for you and for me um let me make it plain for myself let me start there so for example i'm an entrepreneur right and i have stuff that i'm learning as a business owner multiple businesses and i'm learning as a business owner it's not just it's not just putting on the the label or the the tap if you will or the hat that says hey i'm a ceo i'm an entrepreneur i'm a business owner it's it's not it's not simply that or doing some things where you get to have transaction of money right it is literally like a a whole host and heap of things um i would say that i would that i am learning to become a better entrepreneur a better business owner a better um someone who is creating something that is that it where there is a service and people can not only have an exchange of this service and a transaction is happening happening there are guess what i didn't i didn't want to admit this but there are spreadsheets that i need to create there are there are blind spots in my business lest i become more aware of them and not just aware of them lest i start like dealing in the awareness now that i am aware of it practicing healthy business behaviors become so aware so i can keep all these moving parts in front of me so that the business can be healthy um i'm going to be in despair because i am not actualizing myself in a way in order to hit in order to make my business in order to make my business or to make me in my business if you will uh, the person that i need to be so that my business runs better i don't know if i stretched it too far but it's like those are things around me that i'm becoming aware of lest if i don't if i if i don't 
life is going to be life. My business is going to be business, but it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to advance. It's probably not going to be healthy. It's probably not going to do the things that I know it should. Lest I retreat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. It despair is a state of procrastination Mm. and avoidance. Stop. Of (laughs) you. Of yourself. Of the thing. And and we justify it. In some instances, we justify it in Christian theology. Because, well, there is... We pretend that the physical is the only thing that matters. There is no sickness unto death because I'll be resurrected. Well, that may be true, right? But are you really going to be resurrected after you die if you haven't paid complete attention to yourself? If you haven't maximized the potential that you have, and I'm not talking about earning potential, I'm talking about your potential for maximum impact in the world. Have you really been your best self if you have ran away from yourself? And these are the things that I think are so important when it comes to uh, us at Motown Philly, Jay, because what are we about? We're about communication, connection, and community. And you can't achieve any one of those without paying an adequate enough, an adequate amount of attention to you. And I think that's what Kierkegaard is really getting at. Yeah. When you think about whether it's Christianity or there's me in business or whether it's just a sense of self, a sense of actualization in self. Let's turn into Christianity first and like religious uh, norms. Like what makes one, what makes us not come to that self-realization of, you know, there's Christianity and in a lot of ways there's me. And the what we're talking about, guys, is like the meanness is being lost, right? We're in a, in, in a subconscious or not so upfront way kind of being taught i mean let's be honest being taught not to acknowledge the self not to acknowledge the feelings not to acknowledge the emotions not to sometimes not to acknowledge the life experience hello that we are experiencing that is so real bro that is so it's visceral it's so real and the fact that you feel it to your core but you you're kind of taught explicitly implicitly i don't know but you're taught not to really give focus to your experience because it's not like jesus wasn't saying the what he said wasn't right if you're a christian like yo this sickness isn't unto death he was just talking about one particular aspect of the being but Kierkegaard, he puts his thumb or his finger on the pulse of there is a actual lived experience. Hello, there's an actual lived experience that we have to acknowledge so that we can be healthy in the experience, or, or we will die. Jason, you 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 just knocked it out of the park, brother. That's what he's talking about. And that is something that applies to everyone. In fact, you know what Kierkegaard says? The more a person denies they are in despair, the worse their despair is. So you can say, I'm not in despair. Jason, check this out. You ready? I don't need need therapy. Mm. I'm okay. I don't need therapy. What do I need therapy for? I got Jesus in prayer, baby. I got Jesus. I got prayer. I ain't going to no therapist. Jesus will work it all out. All I got to do is pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes everything. Ellen White says, prayer is the answer to every problem in life. Prayer, prayer, prayer. And we can run and we can hide and we can duck and stay out of of the way of the self because we don't want to deal with ourselves. Here's the other thing, though, Tim. Do we know how to deal? Like, 
we are not say we don't where's one there's i think there is a group of people who don't want to deal with ourselves and then maybe there's a group who are which which could be the same group that is in denial of oneself and then you have a group that are just unaware of being unaware of the self bro and how do you get to that point okay you're hearing this for the first time maybe something is is tweaking maybe something is actually like there's a light bulb going on right now what do we do to start leaning into understanding the self more and know and understand how vital that is to being in connection with yourself first that go also goes out to connect with other people how do we do that jay you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna answer that question after we talk about advertising with the motown Philly podcast man this conversation is good it's gonna be even better on the other side of this little plug we're giving y'all because here at the Motown Philly podcast season two episode two we are all about leveling up and Jason and I have leveled up our advertising game we want entrepreneurs Jason you know better than anybody else man Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs need quality advertising right you got to get business you need not just quality advertising you need affordable advertising well Mm -hmm. here at the Motown Philly podcast if you're an entrepreneur looking to invest in your marketing plan, please consider making Motown Philly part of your marketing and your advertising needs. We offer three good packages for people. Uh, Two of them will get you high quality ads. We have listening audiences coast to coast in the United States, and we have listening audiences overseas in the UK and in Africa and our listening is growing and we want to grow with you together. In a sense, the Motown Philly podcast is an entrepreneurial endeavor as Jason and I are seeking to grow and talk as we talk about communication, connection and community. So again, if you're looking to advertise, please consider doing it with the Motown Philly podcast. Our packages are affordable. And if you have questions about them, please reach out to us at Motown Philly community at gmail.com. That's Motown Philly community, all one word, Motown Philly community at gmail.com. Advertise with us and you will not be disappointed. All right, Jay, man. Mm. So, how do we get started down this road? You know what I told my students? I said, yeah. if Kierkegaard was alive today, he would be a leading advocate of therapy. And, oh, wow. and so why? why he would be because therapy forces us to deal with ourselves. Oh, stay there. Like lay, lay there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> therapy forces us to deal with ourselves. Right. Therapy puts us in a radical confrontation with us. And I think one of the ways to maybe get started, and I mean, you know, listen, if you find yourself stuck, it could be that you are in your own way. It could be that the biggest obstacle to your progress is you. Mm, this 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 sounds like a commercial. <laughs> it sounds like a commercial because have you ever had a friend or maybe it's yourself? You've gone into multiple situations and very similar things has happened in a relationship or in a situation. And the common denominator is you. I'm raising my hand, y'all. I'm raising my hand. And I think... If that happens, you gotta you think you have to look at something inwardly. You have to. You would hope so. Mm-hmm. Are you out there in the dating world? Mercy. And you wonder why you keep coming up with duds. 
<laughs> why all of the people who you have dated seem to have the same problem and you ask yourself what is going on why do i keep why am i attracted to people who have problem x mm -hmm. whatever it is maybe that's you right I would say, Jason, a good way to get started is to to get started paying attention to yourself is to just stop and think about you. Meditation. Meditation exercises, I think, are wonderful tools for you to be able to get in touch with who you are mm -hmm. and that's and a little taboo in the christian community my guy i mean when we talk about meditation in christian community it's off it's often centered around god I'm not saying that god is a bad thing but a lot of times we don't sit still by ourselves and hear what's going on and maybe it's shunned upon if you're a christian because it's like don't listen to your own heart is evil mm. <laughs> It's, I'm laughing, but it's like, don't it's, feel, don't, don't. It's a whole bunch of don't be alone with yourself type deal. And I hear you saying, yo, be alone with yourself. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. Don't be alone with yourself. And what Kierkegaard would say is finish the sentence. You fake Christian. <laughs> don't be alone with yourself because you're going to have to be a self. Because mm -hmm. the more attention you pay to yourself, the more likely it is that you see that you are at the core of the problems you have in your relationships, not just romantic ones, maybe parent-child, employer-employee, siblings, friends, whatever. And the more time you spend with yourself, the more likely it is you're going to have to make decisions that you don't want to make, and you're going to have to have conversations with people that you don't want to have. And so what would you rather do? Would you rather avoid those conversations, stunt your growth and continue on? Or would you rather stop and say, you know, I have to do some renovating in my life and it's going to be messy and I'm going to have to hang up a sign that says, excuse the mess while I remodel. But you may have to you may have to, some relationships may have to change. Some relationships may be eliminated altogether for the sake of your well-being. But in the end, on the other side, you'll come out better because you actually paid attention to who you are and not just paid attention to who you are, but you paid attention to who you are and more importantly, how who you are affects the decisions that you make. And more important than that, you become attuned to why you are doing what you do. Oh, and stay there, stay there. And that is everything, Jason. I be, be from what you just said, I from the phrase that you just like spouted out of your mouth is why I I studied psychology is to understand why we do what we do like y'all I'm not a psychologist but I have a, B, a BS in psychology um, just because I wanted to understand I just had a natural desire to understand why we do what we do why do people do why do I was at, probably more so at the time I was focused on other people as I grew and mature, I found it to be more advantageous, if you will, to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, why am I doing this? Like, and I think that's important. Like, what are the motivations behind what I, I'm doing? I think also, Tim, as I hear you speaking, a lot of people, they're not interested in their evolution or, uh, or their growth, you know, growing or education, which can spur growing, whether, whether, and I'm not talking about education, formal education, institutionalized education, like 
learning, if you will. And I think as a human being, we should always be in learning mode in order that we are healthy. I think that's just the essence of life. Like knowing that you got to get new information in to unclog some of the things that you have been like, it's just a, it's a fluidity. It's a circulation of information so that you can just grow, continue to grow and be, but everyone doesn't think like that, Tim. And I think when you don't think like that, you and I talked about before, on uh in season one about having a growth mindset like you could take away that terminology i just think that it is just healthy to learn whether in a formal setting or just like i don't know we we've been conditionalized in this in this in this world or in this in this country to be about education is what you get inside four walls of an institution right and i think that's done a done us a dis disservice as people as a culture because more education happens outside of the more education when it when it comes to life happens outside of the four walls of an institution that is called a higher learning and if you really just sit and be still you can understand there's lessons all around for us but if you don't have a mindset to to learn and to grow and to be that better person, like you're not trying to. Why would you sit with self? Why would I? Why would I? Why would I need to sit with self? Right? Because self makes me want to retreat from me and not do any type of activity to deal with some of the things that I'm that I'm becoming aware of in my self mode. And that feels uncomfortable. So why do that? <laughs> so it's like, I just think certain people don't have a propensity to, to actually want to sit with self and, or just grow and learn and be like, Oh, that, that, that over there about me sucks. And I should probably do better with that. What yeah. So I think you're right, Jason. Most of us don't have that propensity, which is why everybody is in despair. Mm. That's why everybody's in despair, right? Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, I'll give you another example from Frederick Douglass's autobiography. You know what mm -hmm. Frederick Douglass said, Jason? He said when he learned how to read, when he achieved literacy, he wished that he had never done it because it was upon achieving literacy and when he could read the accounts of slavery that he first understood just how bad it was. And he says, I often wished myself to be a beast rather Ooh. than a human being. Ooh. Because he said with the knowledge came the responsibility Ooh. to help others get out of slavery. Ooh. And this was a burden that he did not want to bear. Frederick Douglass was in despair to not be a self. He did not want to be a self, see? Because he knew that with the self comes things like freedom, and with freedom comes responsibility and with responsibility comes burdens and difficult conversations and the need to prune your life and maintain it. And most of us would just rather not be bothered. It's too much. It's no accident that there's only a few people who go through life and really impact the world uh, because know, there's so few of us that have the courage to face ourselves it is the self that i'm hearing it is the self that spurs a revolution it is the self that spurs the change it is the it is the sitting with self and understanding that it is up to it is up to me to start dealing with the self that creates that change within that also generates and creates a new change without to other people that are around and that's such a beautiful thing oh that's beautiful jason that's motown philly 
Yeah. Connection, community. Frederick Douglass had to communicate with himself to establish a connection with himself so he could build community with a world that was torn apart by the institution of chattel slavery. Frederick Douglass said, when I felt the weight of that responsibility, I wish I was not a conscious being. He you says this. That is so heavy, bro. That is so heavy what you are saying. The man wished he was not human anymore. Yes, Be bro. because of the responsibility and the knowledge mm -hmm. in his in his in that time looking at himself to be like I cannot unsee this I cannot unread this now my life has to be different in order to make the lives of others different for the betterment that's a heavy yeah. load that's um, a heavy load man that is that is what Kierkegaard calls being in despair to not be a self there's also another type of despair, Jason. You ready? I'm ready. Being in despair not to be oneself. Stop. Stay there. And let me let me hold on to that. Being in despair not, not to be oneself. Not to be oneself. So check this out. You desire more than anything else to get married. Mm -hmm. You want to be a good husband. Right. And you want to be a good wife. Mm-hmm. As you as you approach your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, it becomes clear to you that maybe it's not going to happen. And Kierkegaard says, when that happens, you start to feel bad. But he says, you feel bad, not because you can't be a spouse but you feel bad because now you realize that you must be yourself. <laughs> wow, bro. <laughs> wow. So all that entire time, those visions and imaginations of what you wanted to have, what you wanted to be someday was your, it was, in, was in essence yourself being or trying or striving or not just be how about this just not being yourself you were all those years you were running away from yourself and now that you can't get what you wanted you're not in despair because you couldn't get it you're in despair because now you gotta be you bruh and you never wanted to be you in the first place bruh cause you was trying to be all these other things all these other things to all these other people, but who have you been to yourself? Joe, there just needs to be a teaching or course or masterclass on how to, how to be you, how to master self, how to sit with self, how to start having conversations with yourself, how to wake yourself up. Because if we don't, and we and this this language sounds so simple. It sounds so rudimentary. It sounds mundane. But how to wake yourself up? And I'm not talking about out of your normal sleep. We're right. walking around here sleepwalking. All of us. That's the despair in a certain ways, and not dealing with yourself. Jason, you hit it. That's exactly what it is. It's a bunch of people. We were all walking around and have no idea who we are. We're all trying to fit in these roles. We're all trying to play these roles. Here's another example. And this this has to do back to Christianity is so easy because so many it's such an easy example because so many people fall for it. Yeah. How many guys do you know in the church that they don't get married because they actually love the woman? They get married because they want to legitimize sex. Bruh. <laughs> right? They get, right. you know, why they get married? They get married because a life of celibacy or a life of self determination is too scary for them. Mm. They're afraid of themselves, so they get married to legitimize sex, 
and I think the divorce rate in the church is 50% or higher. Yeah, it's growing, I think. It may be getting close to 55, but who mm-hmm. knows? Maybe That's what I've heard. Maybe one day it'll be 60. <laughs> so you got five out of every 10, maybe six out of every 10 marriages in the church ending. And I suspect that a lot of them are ending because a lot of people get married to legitimize sexual activity, but sex gets old and you want to know a good way to start having conversations with yourself sometimes a bad marriage will do it (laughs) am i right jason yes bro like you're you're knocking it out the ballpark it it does because because you're on autopilot from what you've learned all your life and you don't understand and then when (laughs) stuff starts hitting your heart yes when stuff starts hitting your soul when your soul starts to breathe, if you will, it's almost like you get doused with cold water or someone throws you in a very cold swimming pool. You take that first breath and be like, what is going on right now? And, and you wake up and, and you, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm on the receiving end of all this, you know, crazy treatment. And I, I scratched my head one day, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Right? I mean, that's the basic question, right? right. Is not only like, why am I in this situation? Mm-hmm. Am I going to, con- and am I, am I going to blame other people mm-hmm. or am I going to begin to accept some responsibility for the life that I have chosen to live? Yeah, yeah man. And, and that's and that's what existentialism and philosophy is all about. It's about uh, freedom, choice, responsibility, despair, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. man, listen, this conversation could go on because the sickness unto death is a companion book to one of his other books called the concept of anxiety, where Kierkegaard basically says. People, Christians are out here hiding behind the doctrine of original sin, but they don't realize that every time they're confronted with a temptation to do something, they're completely responsible for what they do at every moment of every day. So you Mm. can't blame Adam and Eve for the decisions you made. The fact of the matter is every time you make a decision, you're responsible for it. And that responsibility produces anxiety. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's heavy, man. It's heavy. And see, this is why we're here at Motown Philly, right, Jason? Because we are all about convincing people that you have to be about communication, connection, and community, even if it is just with yourself. Even yeah. if just with you that's where it begins yeah tim you're so right tim listen guys tim and i really want to drive this home during the course of this second season like we gotta have we gotta start having and we talked about it before conversations with ourselves and communicate with ourselves but i think we're we're cutting into a listen we're cutting into it the conversation or communication with ourselves a little bit deep especially with this episode of understanding the self and understanding that 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 particular part of us or that whole part of us needs to be addressed on a daily basis and sometimes that conversation happens within and and sometimes that conversation happens with a good friend or loved one or sometimes that conversation happens with a therapist because there are dialogues that happen inside of us because we've been having conversations with ourselves but it's been someone else's voice bro it's been someone else's voice and it's like those are not our those were not our voices so we don't we can't even come to a point where we can acknowledge that we can have conversations with with ourselves so that we can have that discourse that healthy discourse so that discourse can spill out outside of ourselves so sitting with the self and understanding whose voice are you listening to? When do we get to our voice? I was talking to a, a friend just yesterday and, and they were telling me like, she was saying, you know what, just understanding 
after time at a certain age saying like i just started to hear and hear my own voice for the first time and that came through a level of practice of of just understanding hey i need to have i need to sit still and i need to journal and i need to have these conversations and understand what's going on in between my two ears to say where's my actual voice in in this meanness in this selfness and the more she did that practice the more she became fluid of saying hey this is this is who i am it really wasn't it really wasn't that and i'm hearing myself more fluently and she's able to sit with herself and it's it's, it's a beautiful act to to understand the self and start understanding the conversations that are going on inside it it is jason and and we have to whether it's christianity whether it's a, some other sort of ideology whether it whatever it is that takes us away from us can't be good if we let it get out of control whether that's christian whether that's christian theology or something else we have to make sure that we stay in tune with ourselves because if we don't we're setting ourselves up for failure and more importantly we are shortchanging the world of all of the wonderful things that we are inside yeah man that's heavy what if what if frederick Douglass decided to shrink from his responsibility right what if he decided to wither away at the thought of being responsible to help other people? What yeah. I mean, that, you know, we wouldn't be talking. We might not be talking about him today. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, I, it's powerful. You're right. We wouldn't. Um, you and I often goat people. Right. And, and we 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 affectionately and with admiration do that uh jimmy baldwin james baldwin is a goat kobe's a goat Total uh, Mike, yeah michael's michael jordan is, is a goat uh in his own way but we we when you think of frederick Douglass, goat goat right um mm -hmm. this same friend i was having a conversation with she if we can adapt if i can adapt a new terminology it's like they were aliens in a, in a way aliens like and what like when you when you think of these people who did extraordinary things like you said if they didn't do what they did what would where would we be now hello you know what i'm saying like who would have stood up it was only one frederick Douglass. like don't alien like to to, to put themselves if they didn't open up to the self, you know, and and be and receive that the insight in copious ways, right? Taking it in. Like they didn't just say, Oh, that's nice. Let me keep let me let me look through this door. Oh wow, look look at that thing. Let me just keep it moving because that ain't for me. Bro, they sat in that thing. James Baldwin sat in that thing. You know what I'm saying? That in it. James Baldwin had the difficult conversation with himself when he was 15 and he said, I can't do this preaching anymore. Yeah. I can't do this. What am I doing? And what I'm hurting people. And Jason, here's what I think we can leave our listeners with in season two, episode two. As we, I like the way you say it, as we land this plane, yeah. right? What I want you to ask yourself, if you're wondering, where do I get started? Yeah. Maybe maybe you don't necessarily get started with therapy. Maybe you need a more practical way to do it. And I think, Jason, this is what I want to encourage all of our listeners to do. Mm -hmm. Ask you, ask yourself, what would the world be like if I were at my absolute best? Wow. If I was functioning on all cylinders wow. in communication and had connection with and community with myself, what would be the implications of that 
for the world. And I guarantee you, when you ask yourself that question and you see the distance between where you are and where you could be, that distance corresponds to where the world is and where the world could be if you would just, in the words of Kierkegaard, be yourself. Be you. So ask yourselves that question, everybody. Where would the world be without me? And where would it be with me? Mm. And then set, get down to the business of being the best you that you can be. Don't run from yourself. Free yourself. Yeah. If you free yourself, you can be yourself. That's the practical advice I have for all of our listeners, Jay. What do you think about that? That's good, man. That is so, so good. Just doing that exercise just really allows this infinite possibilities. Tim and I have been talking about um, infinite possibilities over the last few weeks and to understand that, yo, we got, we all have a past. We all have a history and there's always a story that we tell ourselves in about our past and our history. And sometimes, sometimes it's actually true, but sometimes even a lot of times it's just a story we told ourselves. And once we understand that that is that, but now is actually a moment of opportunity, we can really sit with ourselves and imagine, like Tim just put us in that exercise, what is possible for me? What what are some things that I need to reconcile with myself? I need to sit, listen guys, Tim's saying, yo, let's let's cut out all the noise of the his of the past history that that we've gone through i'm not saying forget it or whatever i'm saying have moments to sit with yourselves and imagine what is possible imagine don't put anything in front of you as you know as as obstacles or excuses but just say what if i did this today what this hard thing if you will and sitting with yourself what if i reconciled with this person what if i apologize to this person what if i would if anything your life begins to become exponentially better as you continue to do that seemingly hard work but it can be just simple by making a phone call and just starting to starting to unpack some things while dealing with yourself and making things better with yourself and the people that are around you so that possibilities can be endless yeah that's it jay the possibilities are endless and the possibilities are not in the future the possibilities are here Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. they're here they are in the moment Mm -hmm. and we just have to think about ourselves long enough to realize our potential to impact this world for good and how much we are depriving the world if we continue to ignore ourselves. Be you, and the world will be a lot better. Jay, where can they find you, brother? Bro, they can find me um, on Instagram. I don't know why I have to think about that, but on Instagram, (laughs) at the Speakers Mechanic, at the speakers mechanic i am a communication skills coach uh, for professionals and entrepreneurs and business owners so that they can be clear and distinct in how they communicate from the front as they present as they talk to their boss as they go for that job promotion yo get at me you can find me also on linkedin at jason hall communication skills coach tim golden where can we find you sir you can find me, Jay, on Instagram at a good golden man. You can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at DRTJ Golden ESQ. And last but not least, you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain death taxes, and yours truly is the only black man in Walla Walla named Tim Golden. If there's another black man in Walla Walla named Tim Golden, I am Julius Caesar. Anyway, folks, that's it from us. Season two, episode two of the Philly Motown Philly podcast. Don't forget, 
There is a sickness unto death that is despair. But when you understand the sickness unto death, you can turn it into a sickness unto light. Sit with yourself a little bit after you listen to this. And I guarantee you, you'll be well on your way to making the world a better place because we will all get the benefit of the full complement of who you really are. Until next week, folks, we love y'all, but right now we out of here. Like Vladimir. Peace. Peace.